You're listening to a live service from Faith Worship Center, Porsche, Arkansas. So Luke chapter 22, look at verse 31 through 34. We'll read it slowly. It's very easy to understand. And the Bible says this. The Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. Do you know as a believer that you have a bullseye on your back and Satan desires to have you this morning? But I have prayed for you that your faith faileth not. And when you are converted, strengthen your brethren. And he said unto him, Lord, I am ready to go with you both into prison and into death. And he said, I tell you, Peter, the cock shall not crow this day before that you shall thrice deny that you even know me. That's powerful. He's ready to go to prison. He's ready to go to death. And Jesus said, you won't even get through the day. And you'll deny me three times that you don't even know me. I want to deal with this subject. I feel the presence of the Lord this morning. This title, that your faith would not fail. That your faith, just a reminder, but sometimes we need a reminder. I want to remind you this morning, or pray for you this morning, that your faith would not fail. Would you bow your head and will you help me pray? Father, I love you today. I thank you, God, for your grace and for your mercy and love. And I thank you, Jesus, for one more opportunity to minister your already anointed truth. I'm asking in the name of Jesus that you would move upon our ears, that they would be open to hear our hearts, God, that they would be open to receive and anoint my lips to deliver your already anointed word. I'm asking you, God, to do something that I cannot do, Lord, within myself. I'm unable, Lord, but I know that all things are possible, Lord, to those that believe upon you. I'm asking you to deal with the heart of every individual that is here. Move upon every family, God, and I'll be very careful to give you the praise, the glory, and the honor in the name of Jesus Christ. And everybody says, Amen. This morning, in regards to the word, I, I hope to encourage somebody. Now, I want to tell you, especially in a congregation, we have a congregation of this size. You know, I could tell you that somebody this morning is discouraged, somebody uh, is down, or somebody is, you know, about to give up on their faith. Listen, that's going to hit somebody every time we meet. Okay? So it's not a, it's not a, and I don't mean to take this, I'm not meaning it in the wrong way, and I don't mean it disrespectful, it's not a great revelation of faith because I tell you that somebody's faith is weak this morning. We, we hit somebody already. But I do want to tell you this, there's some of you situations, some of you's uh, uh, things that you're going through right now, I'm aware of them, I know them because I'm your pastor and you've called me and you've asked me to pray. But you know me also well enough, or I hope that you do, is I don't design a message around your issue, around your problem. And I'll just tell you this, that's difficult sometimes. When we know something is going on and we want to help and we want to address, to find the mind of the Lord and not let flesh get involved, sometimes that's difficult. But this morning, I think I would be bad wrong if I went anywhere else. And so I hope that I can encourage you. I've been praying. I've asked others to pray that the Lord would build up us, us up in the faith this morning. And I believe that He will. I may just kind of talk to you at times, but I'm going to just be transparent and just ask the Lord to, to uh, filter out all of my imperfections and to help us uh, this morning. There's just some things in my spirit that I, that I want to share with you. We all know that God, as, 
asked of us, all the only thing that God has asked of you and of me, in order to have access to everything that Jesus provided. And listen, if you've been in church very long at all, you know that there is a great list of blessings that God has provided to His children. There's a bunch of things. In fact, there's not anything that you could ask of God that He's not already provided or that He's not already promised. And we all know that in order for us to access anything that Jesus has paid for on the cross of Calvary, what is it that He has asked of us? Our faith. That's all He's asked of us. He didn't ask of us for a perfect performance. He didn't ask of you to dress a certain way. He didn't ask for you to read so many chapters a day in the Bible. And all of these things are right. But He didn't ask of you. He didn't give you a list of rule and regulation. He didn't say, I will only meet your need if you will do this. No. Jesus said, whosoever will, let them come. Let them come. Doesn't matter who you are, let them come. And listen, He, knew, he made that announcement knowing He... he I'm going to preach to me. He made that announcement to me and that invitation to me even though he knew me. Listen, when he got me, he knew he was getting a mess. Okay, and he said, whosoever will, let them come. And that included me. Listen, the only thing that he asked of me is for me to keep my faith in Jesus and what he did on the cross of Calvary. And I may be the only one this morning, but I'm going I'm to be very transparent and tell you this. I'm thankful today that God did not ask more of me than that. Because there's times it's all I can do to believe, and I'm not real good at that. But all he asked of me is that if I would keep my faith in Jesus, that's why Paul said, I have fought the good fight. To, in order to keep the faith, I've got to fight. I am fighting against all of the doubt and the unbelief in the flesh to believe what Jesus has promised me. He didn't ask more of me. He knew I'd have my plate full. My dad used to tell me, I used to, I used to try to, and I did, and, and they, they laugh and make fun of me, but I used to tell my little brother, he's a little brother, I would tell him every move to make this that do this do that every little single thing and my dad would come by and he'd say if you just take care of Steve you got all you can do to take care of Steve and well uh, that wasn't easy for me but listen you know that God all he said if you'll just believe upon me I'll take care of everything else and we know that if you've been in church very long at all you know if you can just believe God can take care of everything else so let me ask you this why is it so hard for us to do that one one thing, just one thing, because of the doubt and the unbelief of the flesh, and I, I, I for one will say I'm glad they didn't ask of me of anything else, and if we're honest this morning, if we're honest, if we are, I throwed you in there with me, if we're honest, our faith a lot of times is like a roller coaster. It's up, and then it crashes. And then it's up. I can see the entire, the, the, I believe that God could give me the world. And then all of a sudden, boom, I don't know if God even hears me. They were singing that song, well, I don't know, last Sunday night or whatever, that song that Hannah and Emily begin to sing. And who are you, great mountain, that you should not bow low? Let me tell you something. I, I felt like spiritually I was on steroids. Let every problem come my way. I am ready to take on the world. And just a few days later, you're thinking, Lord, where are you at? I try to look up that song. Let me tell you something. Y'all do a whole lot better on that song than what the ladies do on YouTube. But 
My faith is like a roller coaster. It's up and you're excited and then you're at the bottom and you're, you know, like a roller coaster, especially the older ones at Silver Dollar City, struggling, it seems, to get up and you're thinking, are we even going to make it up there or am I going to meet Jesus right now? We're going to go backwards and this thing is going to crash and when you're struggling to get up and when you get on the top, we've made it going down. There's no problem at all. You're just soaring. Listen, if we're honest, our faith would mirror that really well because there's times I really do feel like I could whip the devil with a switch and then there's other times I feel like an orphan in the family of God and God don't even know who I am when we look at this thing sometimes I believe that he can move mountains sometimes I wonder if he's forgotten me believing that I am uh, all alone I want to put some things in or believing this morning that I'm not alone I want to put some things in perspective and take you back to the example of Peter now think about this you're going to think what in the world has that got to do with my individual faith think about this as a church as faith worship center as a church we are a body that strives to love and to accept everyone. Again, I'm extending the challenge. There's somebody to challenge me on that. But we we are striving to love and to accept everyone of regardless of who you are, what your past is, where you've been. I don't care what your criminal record is. I don't care what your bondage is. I don't care. Your bondage may be different than what my bondage is. Our last names are different. Our bank account is going to look different unless yours says zero also. I want you to understand this morning we are a church that is striving to accept everybody no matter what their I look I, and I'm, I'm going to be very plain here who they are or what their past is I will not compromise the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ in other words I will embrace you I will love you I'm not going to embrace sin I'm not going to love you and say it's okay to continue to live like you are but I will love you enough to point you to Jesus Christ Christ so that the same grace that has changed my life will change your life also. But we are a church that is striving and we are looking to extend grace to whosoever. And listen, as a church, we have to be patient as God is changing somebody. Don't tell somebody they're not saved because of maybe something they slipped up on. But embrace them and pray for them and love them until God continues to work that out in their life. As a church, this is what we're striving to be. And I, I know that sounds, I sound a little boastful, and I don't mean to sound this way, but I want you to know this. Not every church is like that. Not every church is like that. Uh, just a few weeks ago, I was told, uh, this person come to me and told me that a, that a certain church, if you want to ask me after church, I'm still going to say it's not any of your business because I'm not here to tear a church down. But a uh, certain church, they made the announcement that if you are a part of this, if you have this bondage or this bondage, well, they're not welcome here. Listen, I want to tell you something uh, very carefully. That is not a church that is founded upon the principles of Jesus Christ. Not only would He welcome them, He would go out of His way to make sure that he reached them and talked to them and loved them and embraced them. He didn't disregard them. He didn't push them off to the side. He didn't wipe their feet on them. He picked them up and poured in the oil and the wine that they would be healed spiritually and restored. He made everybody feel just as important as anybody else. That's the church that we've got to be. And not every church is like that. 
But I am believing. I'm going to make a big statement. I want you to hear what I'm about to say. I'm believing because of what's in my spirit. I'm telling you, if I told you some things in my spirit, some of you would think I'm crazy. But if we went back 16 years and I told you that we would be right here right now, you would have thought I was crazy also. And so I want you to know I'm believing God for a church. As a church, we are believing God for things that this community has never seen in a church. My Lord, I feel that. We're believing God for something that this community has never seen in a church. And that's what I'm trusting God for. I'm asking God for an inheritance. I'm asking God for the heathen. We have been told that we would be a church that stood at the gate of hell and tell people, you don't have to go here. It's been a promise to us and we have felt it in our spirit that the hand of the Lord is upon us. I want you to know I'm asking God for the alcoholic. I'm asking Him for the drug addict. I'm asking Him for the good old boy that thinks everything is all right. I'm asking Him for the homeless sexual. I'm asking Him for those that are broken, for those that are bruised, for those that are bleeding. I'm asking Him for those that are about to, they're thinking about committing suicide. Listen, I want you to know your answer and your out is not all of the beggarly elements of this world. Your answer is what Jesus has done for you on the cross of Calvary. And it's sufficient for your need this morning. Praise the Lord. Now, our heart I said all that to say this. You're thinking, what's that got to do with my individual faith? Watch this. The enemy is never going to sit back and allow a church to reach out as we desire to and be used of the Lord without of a fight. The enemy would love to destroy us. You know, when I first, when I first started, begin pastoring here and they voted me in. Me and Pastor Brian, we had lots of talks and he would get some of the same things I get. Some of the same calls and texts and meetings. And they would be such as, I can't wait for that thing to fold up. I can't wait. I'm going to be sitting back and watch when that thing falls. They didn't know about my little walk from my house to my shop when the Lord stopped me and said, it's time for you to follow me and quit following man. They didn't know nothing about that. They had no idea what God had put in my heart and in my spirit. I, I, I wasn't a perfect person, but I did, I did know the voice of the Lord. I do know the voice of the Lord most of the time. I, and they knew nothing about that, but I can't wait till that thing falls, that thing crumbles, this, that, ever. Uh, because the devil's not going to sit back and just let us succeed as a church. Look, he just made the announcement well ago of all of the kids here on a Wednesday night on the youth group. And we uh, had in the teens and then 22 or something like that in the, in the, in the youth, in the a teen program, and I mean, my goodness, and the Lord's doing it. We had 88 here on a Wednesday night, and a lot of churches are closing their door because they can't get nobody to enough to even open the door. I don't say that braggadocious. I say that because the hand of the Lord is upon you. People are sick and tired of church. Nothing more boring than church. If God is not there, they're tired of just going to church looking for life, looking for something that will change their heart, looking for something that will challenge and encouraging. And without the presence of the Lord, we're doing nothing but wasting our time. Listen, uh, if we continue to be a Spirit-filled church and allow God to have His way, God will do great things because He's looking for a place such as that to do what He wants to do. And so, if the enemy is going to stop what we're doing, the enemy would love nothing to, to, more than to silence the message of Christ and Him crucified. But listen, His avenue is not to take out the church as a whole. What makes up the church? Individuals. If He's going to shut down a church and stop the moving of God, 
The enemy's got to come to you individually and attack your faith individually. Now, listen, if he wants to stop a church, he's got to attack you individually. If he wants to stop a church, Brother Richard, he's got to come to your home. If he wants to stop the church, he's got to come to your family. If he wants to stop a church, he's got to attack your marriage. If he wants to stop a church, he's got to mess with your health. If he wants to stop a church, he's got to start touching your children. If he wants to stop a church, he's got to go to those individuals that claim to be a part of that church and to begin to discourage them so much that they will back out and no longer and little by little start fleecing the flock. And as he fleeces the flock and discourages them one after the other, begins to throw in the towel, and then little by little he has stopped the church. I want you to know, and let me just say this, as a whole across America and probably across the world as a whole, uh, across America, the United States of America, that's what he's done. He has shut down churches because he began to discourage. He has moved preachers away from the true gospel of Jesus Christ. He has moved our praise and worship over to something that is adapted to the world. He has moved our church service times over to just a general uh, congregational meeting instead of a place where the presence of the Lord can move. I want you to know while there may be many falling by the wayside, the true church, the blood-bought church must hold the line and stay founded upon the gospel of Jesus Christ and allow God to do what He wants to do in our life. Listen, if He wants to stop this church, He's got to stop you. He's got to back you off of your calling. He's got to back you off of your prayer closet. He's got to back you off of your Bible reading. He's got to back you off of your your, uh, being involved in whatever you're involved in in the church. He's got to discourage the children's church pastor. He's got to discourage our youth pastors, our teen leaders. Uh, If he wants to stop a church or youth program, I could be here for a little while. Uh, If he wants to shut it down, uh, if he wants to change praise and worship, he's got to attack a praise and worship leader. Uh, I want you to know he didn't come on us all together as a whole. He will attack us individually. Your uh, adversary will seek uh, as a roaring lion seeketh who he may have devour. That's what he's doing. Now I want you to look at the example of Peter. I promise I'm trying to hold it not being here long. The example of Peter. And I want you to uh, just think about this. Maybe why his faith stayed under attack so much. We'll go back to our text if we can. Peter, he says, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. Everybody in here, I don't care what your calling is or what your calling is not, you are a soul. If you were the only person that was ever born of a woman, Jesus would have still stepped out of heaven and laid his life down to save you from a devil's hell. You have a bullseye on you. And if Satan can get you, he's got, he, he believes that he has got a victory. His desire to sift you of wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith does not fail or faileth not. And when you are converted, strengthen your brethren. Now let me, I, I want to read this on and I'm going to come back and look at it again later. He said unto him, Lord, I'm ready to go with you both to prison and to death. He said, I tell you, Peter, the cock will not crow this day before you have thrice denied that you even know me. Now, Peter went from one extreme to another, roller coaster. 
He showed the greatest of faith of all, and then he showed the weakest faith of all. He had the greatest, strongest faith, and then he had the weakest faith of any of them that is in there. I want you to think about this. Peter said, I'll go to prison. I, in fact, I'll tell you what, I'll even go to death. Jesus said, you're going to deny me before the day's out. <clears throat> Peter was present when he fed the multitude. Jesus went to him as the leader of the disciples. Let's feed all these people. <laughs> There's thousands of them out here, Lord. Well, let's feed them. Well, we don't have nothing. There's one little boy back there brought his lunch. He's got two fish and five loaves of bread. He said, bring it to me. He broke it. He blessed it. He said, I'll feed the multitude. They took up 12 baskets when they're over. God's always got more to give than what you can ever receive. Praise the Lord. He's, Peter was there. Peter was there when he healed the sick. In fact, he healed Peter's mother-in-law. That's one of the first miracles ever. And Peter was there. Peter was there when he was raised the dead. In fact, he was one of the only ones that was allowed in the room with Jairus' daughter. Well, when he was in there and Jesus said, she's not dead, she's just asleep. Rise up, give her something to eat. Peter was there. Think about all of these things building up. Listen, any of these moments, you would think if I seen Jesus raise the dead, that my faith would be unwaverable. Watch this. Peter was there when he cast out demons. They brought down legion. Peter's standing back there behind Jesus like this, wondering, what is he going to do with legion? What's your name, legion? For there are many. And he cast all of them out. Peter was there. He's seen God do this. He's seen Jesus Christ do this. Peter was there when he cleansed the leper. Lord, we're not even supposed to touch the leper. And he touched him and, and he was made whole. Peter was there when he calmed the storm. And Peter knew about storms. Their boats back then were uh, at the most 20 or 30 feet long is all that they would have. They were accustomed to some storms. But when the storm got so great that they couldn't have, Peter knew what it was like to be in a dangerous situation. And he was there when Jesus was asleep at the back, at the stern of the boat. And all of a sudden, they woke him up and he said, Peace be still. In other words, storm shut up. Peter was there. Why did his faith waver? Now watch this. He wasn't just there then, but Peter, of all of those that I think about that Peter was there for, I think about this one and these two, and this may not be as significant to you, but think about this. Peter was there when Jesus told him to go back out one more time and cast his net on the other side of the boat. Now think about that. He was a professional fisherman. That's all he did all of his life. He knew fish. He fished longer than Jesus did. Peter, we, Lord, we've told all night long. I know how to catch a fish. If I can do anything right, it's catch a fish. And Jesus said, go back out. Throw your net on the other side of the boat. He said, nevertheless, Lord, at your will, at your word, I'll do it. Goes back out and throws them. There was something happened that Peter never seen. There was so many fish in that net that it broke the net. You know why? Because Jesus said, fish, go over and get Peter's net. And you know how many fish went? All of them. All of them. Peter's net wasn't big enough because he never caught all of them. And so the net broke. That's a great miracle to Peter. And now I want you to think about this one, and I'm about to, I'm about to get to our text and quit. After, he, after the net broke, Peter, I don't know if this is the right order, but Peter was in the boat when Jesus came walking on the storm. If that's you, Lord, bid me to come out with you. And he said, come. Peter got out of the boat. Think about faith. 
he got out of the boat. Peter knew that you didn't get out of the boat in a storm. He got out of the boat and he began to walk into the Lord. Yeah, he began to sink, but he never sank. He began to, but he never did. He walked on the water. Now, why would this man's faith waver? Why would this man's faith waver? Now, watch this. We're getting to uh, the, the very end. Peter had the revelation of who Jesus was. While Jesus is sitting with the disciples, who do men say that I am? Some say John. Some say one of the prophets. He looks at him, Peter, but who do you say that I am? You are the Christ. You are the Son of the living God. Jesus said, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. At some point, Peter was alone having a visitation of the Holy Spirit, and God told him himself, This man you're following, the one that you're seeing all the miracles happen, the one that is claiming this and that, he is the one that I have sent. He's the Son of the living God. And Peter spoke out in front of all of them. You're the son of the living God. Yes, I am. Watch this. Great of all, Peter. Peter was known of the leader of all of the disciples. How could anything shake his faith? But his faith was about to be greatly tested. But here's what I want you to think about right now. All of these things should have prepared him to believe God a little more and a little more and a little more. I don't know what you've had to trust God for as you look back in your life, but those things were to prepare you to trust him a little more and a little more and a little more. Now watch Peter. Two things I want you to see in our text. Jesus said, you're going to deny me three times. Peter said, I'll die first. Now, when we think about all that he's done to prepare him, and all of that is already, he's already forgotten that. He's on top. He's on top. I just had the revelation. And all of a sudden, he, while he's sitting on top of the world, he said, I'll die. I'll just die. Because that's how much I believe in you. And Jesus says, what you'll do is you'll deny me three times. He had to be thinking about it. While he's thinking about it, I want you to think about this moment. I'm going to use these guys as an example of just sitting right there. Jesus said, they're coming to get me and they're coming to arrest me. Uh, I'll die first. Watch this. John 18 records that all of the soldiers came to Jesus. They said, are you the one? I feel this in my spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit was so strong the power of God was so strong that when Jesus said, I am He, that they all fell back on their feet. Now think about that. If I'm with somebody, I'm just going to use a natural example, a carnal example. I'm with somebody to fight four or five people. And all of a sudden, the guy that I'm standing with is approached face to face and that man takes that guy, and throws him into the others, and they all fall down. Here's my first thought. I got your back, but I don't really think you're going to need me. Think about it. 
Peter is standing here by him. He sees this great example of the power of God. All of them fall when they get back up. You know what Peter does? He resorts back to the flesh. The first thing he does is pull his sword out, standing next to a man that is able to knock them all down and cut the right ear off of a man. He went from, I see the greatest example of power of God, all of a sudden to, well, Jesus is not going to do nothing. I better do something myself. How many times do we do the same thing? I don't see God doing anything, so I better do something myself. You know what Jesus does? Last miracle. The last miracle. Before he goes and lays his life down and is crucified, as he heals the man's ear that came to arrest him. If that ain't love, I don't know what is. He heals the man. Now watch this. He said, I'll die first. He came to arrest him. Power of God so strong, every single one of them falls down. God is saying, look what I could do if I wanted to. And Peter thinks, I better, I better do something. I'm going to cut his ear off. He was arrested. Peter denied him three times before the rooster crowed, just like Jesus said he would. And then here's the next example. Great example of weakness for Peter. He's crucified. They lay him in the tomb. They get him laid in the tomb. Disciples standing around. Here's their leader. I'm going fishing. I'm going fishing. I'm not going to the tomb. I'm not waiting on him. He didn't believe he's going to rise. So he went fishing. While he's fishing, probably thinking about how that he wasted all of that time in his life, that three and a half years of following Jesus, because now he's in the tomb. He's resorting back to the self, resorting back to flesh. When Jesus rose from the dead, the Bible records the book of Mark says this, 16. Jesus said, I'm going to be over in the city. I want you to go get the disciples and get old Peter. Get Peter. Because Peter didn't even feel like a disciple. He didn't feel included anymore. He had bombed out to the place that he didn't even feel like he was a part you don't have to answer me, but if you ever bombed out to the place you didn't even feel like a part anymore? He said, get the disciples and get old Peter. Now here's what I want you to know. If we look ahead at the plan of God, there's a reason that God never let go of Peter, and there's a reason today that God has never let, let you just be free and let go of you. Because if we look, even though Peter was on that roller coaster, up and down, up, down. We look ahead at the plan of God. Jesus says, go get the disciples and get old Peter. And then he says this, I want you to go to Jerusalem and wait on the promise of the Holy Spirit. And they went and waited on the promise of the Holy Spirit. And guess who it was when they all stood around after being filled with the Holy Spirit they were mocking them, making fun. These are all drunk. It's like the third hour of the day. They're drunk. And then all of a sudden, Peter stands up. <laughs> he stands up and he says, These are not drunken as you suppose, as it is the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. He said, Upon my servants and upon my hand, well, let me back up. I'm going to pour my spirit out upon all flesh. Every single one of your old men will dream, will see visions. Your young men will dream dreams. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Upon my handmaids and servants, I will pour my spirit.
Spirit out also. And while they were around and they were talking to him and they were looking at him, Peter said, look, here's my message for you today. This same Jesus that you have crucified, my God has made him both Lord and Christ. They said, what should we do? He said, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remissions of sins and you shall be saved. And there were 3,000 that came to the Lord and gave their heart and life to the Lord that day. Listen, I don't know how long you will live, but I'm wondering today how many people will be saved if you allow God to sustain your faith and to hold you up if you could see ahead of what God's got in store for you and trust Him. If your faith does not fail, what all is God going to do through your life? says this, there's a reason. God kept him. And at times when our faith is not what it should be, we've got to allow the truth to anchor us. I'm about done. We've got to allow the truth to anchor us. Would you come, please? Here's the truth. The truth is, regardless of what the enemy says or regardless of what's going on, hurry, please. Regardless of what's going on, the truth is this. God is a God that will never, get that word, He will never, never, never leave you nor forsake you. The truth is today that His grace is sufficient for you also. The truth is that greater is He that is in me than he that is in the world. The truth is this. Listen to what I'm about to say. Your faith is only as good as the object that you've placed it in. And if I've placed my faith in Jesus and what He did for me on the cross of Calvary, my faith is a faith that cannot be destroyed. My faith will stand strong. And Jesus said this, and this is what we're going to do. Before He ever denied Him, before He was ever crucified, before He ever went through these great trials, Jesus said, Peter, listen, I'm going to pray for you that your faith does not fail. Because if his faith would not fail, no matter what the enemy of the soul, of his soul would bring up against him, he would still be that rock, that example, and that leader that God called him to be. There's an old example that I use in I will forever go back to it because it's a great example and it's a biblical example. When Moses sent Joshua down to fight the, the Amalekites, he said, go up on the hill. When you get up on the hill, take Aaron and Hur with you. And Aaron and Hur would be there because the battle was going to last longer than what Moses could hold out. Think about that if you're playing softly. The battle was going to last longer than what Moses was going to be able to sustain himself. He said, and he proved it, Moses, if you'll just lift that rod up, hold your arms up and lift that rod up. As long as your hands are up, Joshua and the Israelites, they shall annihilate the Amalekites. But the moment your hands start coming down, They'll lose. Got up there and Moses had his hands up as long as what he could. His legs got weak first. 
They brought a rock, which was a type of Christ, up and said, well, sit down. So he sat down upon the rock. Listen, if you're seated upon the rock of Jesus Christ, (laughs) your strength will be renewed. He said, Aaron and her, a type of the Holy Spirit, one on one side, one on the other side. Y'all hold his hands up. And they held his hands up and they sat there in this position and they helped their brother. And as long as they held their hands up, Joshua and the Israelites, they won the battle. I want you to know I have found sometimes, as a believer that is in relationship with Jesus, I'm a child of the Most High God. I love God with all of my heart. I know in my heart that God hears my prayers. I know that God is capable of anything. I know that God is is watching over me. But there's sometimes that I need a little help from my brother and from my sister. Lifting my hands up and saying, I'm praying for you. Keep on standing. I'm believing for you. Keep on believing. I'm here with you. I'm praying for you that your faith does not fail. Because if your faith does not fail, God will do what He set out to do in your life. See, I don't know this morning while some trials of faith have to be so hard. I'm just being blunt. I don't know why they got to be so hard. Why they got to bring me to the place that sometimes you think about giving up and quitting? But what I do know is this. Every time that I get at that place, I experience the power of God in a way that I never experienced it before. And I'm learning that God has more just as Peter did with a fish in his net. God's got more to give than what I could ever receive. His, uh, his uh, uh, tank there never runs dry. He continues to give. So I just come to tell you this morning, it's been in my spirit the last couple of days. I'm not going to lie to you and tell you it's been on my heart all week long because I was planning on a different direction. The last couple of days, this is what's been in my spirit and in my heart. And this morning, I want, them to, I want you to stand, if you would, for, with me, please. I want them to sing this song and let's let the Lord move upon our heart for a moment. It's helpful as you're standing, if you just close your eyes and think about it, and let the Lord move. And I'm going to make an altar call in just a moment. But I just want us to get in the mind frame of worship. Go ahead. Ever is dark, and it's hard to see. Lord, what you are doing here in the room. Where this will lead. Oh, but I know that down through the years, think about it. I'll look on this moment. Thank you, Jesus. See your hand on it. Do what you do, God. Know you were here. Look back on this moment. Hallelujah. Go ahead. Oh, and He's won every single battle, every battle. How you were my portion. You were my portion. Hallelujah. When there wasn't Feel the presence of the Lord this morning. Hallelujah. And now testify of the seas that we brought. The waters you parted. 
fail. He did not fail. Hallelujah. Here's the story. Hallelujah. I know. Hallelujah. Come on, listen to the words of this. Believing gets hard. Believing gets hard. Options are few. When you've done all you know to do. I can't see what you do. I know know that you're proven. My Lord, I feel that. about it this morning. I'll look back on this morning. Come on, sing it. I will see your hand on it. Here's my altar call this morning. I want, is there still playing? Listen, we're, we're just here to, to help, and we're here to love you this morning. It's not a default. It's not an imperfection in you because your faith gets weak or your faith has failed. It is a something that happens to every believer. But I wish you'd give us an opportunity to pray for you. Let us be your Aaron and your her this morning and hold your hands up. If you're here this morning, say, my faith is weak. My faith is weak. I still love God. I know God is able, but my faith is just weak. Would you step out and make that walk and let me pray with you this morning? I just want to pray for my brother, my sister, and ask God to strengthen your faith, that your faith would not fail this morning. Come on, would you come? Come on, would you come? If you were blessed by this message, you can find us on Facebook at Faith Worship Center, Porsche, Arkansas. Our contact for prayer or donations is by mail, Faith Worship Center, P.O. Box 296, Porsche, Arkansas, 72457. Through Messenger or PayPal, you can find that link on Facebook also. Thank you and God bless you and your family.